Could you be concerned with Todd Gurley's unknown health? Why should A.J. Dillon be an important get in your dynasty league and is starting tight end, tight end in your football guys draft a winning proposition? Plus, the 2019 FFPC 1250 Dynasty League number 10 winner, Cal Zarin, joins us to talk about going all in for a title. His thoughts on a couple of veteran tight ends that were selected in rookie drafts and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts Let's now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics, Anger, Zach, and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. And you know what I like, Dave, um, uh, before we get into it tonight? You were on the uh, Chasing the Helmet podcast with former guests of this show, Scott Connor and Jay Reed. They gave you the same introduction. Oh, uh, on the show, they called you the Dizzle, patron nice. saint of fantasy football. It's not just this show. That's great. It's just common knowledge now at this point. Yeah, I was so nervous going on that I, I, I you know, I, it, it just glossed over me when they said whatever. You did a good job, by the way. I listened to the whole thing. You did a very good job. Oh, thanks. That eight minutes was a... Uh, it was longer than eight minutes, but I it did, was great. I'm glad I did well. Um, on the show tonight, besides giving Dave somewhat faint praise, we'll talk about a sleeper NFC North receiver, whether Van Jefferson is worth the wait in Dynasty, and speak with 2019 FFPC 1250 Dynasty League number 10 champion Cal Zarn about J.K. Dobbins, how he acquired two of the top rushers in the league, and much, much more. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSF the Powers were to reach us, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is where my best friend and our audio engineer, Bryce, and our mutual friend and producer, Rob, will be checking tonight. Uh, if you have any uh, questions, make sure you get them in to us now. All right, so a couple of things I, I want to remind everybody uh, at the top of the show. The FFPC main event early bird is live. Make sure that you are saving $100 off your first team and $400 off each additional team, whether you're drafting live or online. Dynasty startup still available. We've got some popping off tomorrow and on Sunday. Of course, best ball slims, best ball uh, leagues, uh, always active. And the Football Guys Players Championship. Get in on that early bird promotion as well. Is there a draft tonight? There, there, there's been a couple tonight, I think. Didn't one just start right now? I mean coming up. Oh, yes, at midnight. Oh, good. There was eight left last I saw. Yeah, it still is. Still, okay, so fill that up. Yours truly is commissioning that. And I'd love to uh, be the commissioner of the draft 
where the $500,000 winner comes out of. Remember, a 3.4, excuse me, $3.1 million prize pool. If you sign up for a team prior to June 15th and draft it before July 31st, am I, am I remembering those dates correctly, Dave? Probably not, but I don't know what the hell they are. <laughs> All right. Um, then uh, you will get a free $35 uh, credit into your FFPC account. June 30th account. and July 15th. That's what it is. It's Sign up by June 30th, draft it by July 15th. Thank you so much. Max it's, is three per uh, person. Right. So you can get up to $105 in, in credits into your account if and you yeah, do. Yeah, and, and it's three for 1000 so it's only 1000 bucks, and you get all that. You're saving 50 bucks on that, too. The discounts, they're too, they're too good. We're going to we're gonna have to roll back the discounts. How did you slip that past, Alex? I don't know. It's just, it's just it's the same thing every year, and, and it works all right. I guess people, people do like it, though. We, we actually enjoy people draft early. I mean, it's kind of, I think it's more fun that way. I just, you know, I think I mentioned this in one of the FFPC emails this week. You know, we, we talk about drafting early. A couple of weeks, it's going to be June, man. Like, are we still talking about drafting early? I mean, like, yeah. we're, we're kind of getting to the thick of drafting season now. Um, and the draft is over. Free agency is basically over. Um, the NFL, I just saw right before we went on the show, Goodell said you can start opening up your team facilities, too. Right. So, yeah. I mean, this is, this is all great news. Well, that's the thing is, okay, well, the, I, you know, some people want to wait until early September to find a draft. I get it. Then all the information is out. But it's, May, you know, May 15th. If you wait until August 7th, what will have changed? Probably nothing. I right. mean, there's virtually nothing that will have changed. I mean, there won't be any mini camps this year, right? right. Uh, maybe there won't be even training camps. So who knows? You know, so I, I don't, I think might as well draft now. It's not going to be much different. Yeah, I was thinking about this too. And, and maybe we'll get into this in, in some future episodes. I don't think we have any emails about it tonight. Um, on my, my weekday afternoon show on local radio here, Dave, it was basically preempted for the first 40 minutes because we had the Aaron Rodgers press conference, the first time he was publicly speaking after they drafted Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And he referenced, some, somebody asked him about um, the quality of play this year because of no mini camps, no OTAs, maybe no training camp till very late. And he actually talked about the 2011 season when there was basically nothing, like you lost the whole off season because of the CBA, yeah, the lockout strike right. thing going on. And I think they lost one preseason game that year. And Rogers said, he's like, you know, I don't really remember the play being all that bad in 2011. Yeah. And I was listening. I can't remember what other podcast this was, or maybe I was reading on somebody's site. Once again, I can't cite my sources, but um, they were talking I'm about. Glad the, it wasn't another podcast that you actually can cite because I, <laughs> I, that's really annoying. What? Then I cite other podcasts. Yeah. Sorry. Why you listen to them in the first place? <laughs> I just I listen to other crappy podcasts. No, they're they're great podcasts. I don't listen to other crappy ones. This is the only crappy one I listen to. Um, I don't listen to this podcast. They uh, they said that um, you know the rookies might have a down year this year because you know they'd be slow on on the on the come up, but slow on the learning curve. Yeah. But in 2011, that was the same case, and the rookies actually performed a little bit better than average oh, that right. year. So, so I guess our contention the last two weeks has been wrong. Uh, well. It's a small sample size. We don't really have one. any other year to go on than yeah. that one. But I, I think, I'm going to stay with my, my thoughts. Okay. Well, you could be right. And, and um, honestly, you probably are. But I, I don't think it's a, uh, a for sure thing at this point. All right. Let's get into it here, Dave. I want to thank Football Guys Roto World uh, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Odell Beckham Jr. actually had a down 2019 season. He, and part of the reason was he had a core muscle injury. But remember, 597 percent of his targets were deemed catchable this is according to pro football focus his first five years of the giants that uh, percentage was almost 65 percent you think about baker mayfield uh being under pressure last year uh dave they, they've shorn up that offensive line both in the draft and free agency 
Uh, Beckham, are you betting on a bounce back? And before, I know we've talked about this uh, in the past. Odell Beckham, this is like the latest I've seen him go. 308 in football guys drafts right now. He is the wide receiver nine. That's it? Nine? Yeah, wide receiver nine. I'm still passing hardcore. Uh, I was last week when you asked a similar question. I don't think we – did we talk about this last week? I thought we I talked about it like a month ago. Whatever. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ODB'd out. Next next time you have an Odell Beckham thing come up, okay. you, start, you know, clip it and cut it and throw it in the trash. Okay, sounds good. Can we do a would you rather then? The final Odell Beckham would you rather sure. of the season? Then we're going to be tired Odell Beckham until July. That's fine. Okay, so we're still bringing it back in July? No, but not until – I don't care. Not until July. Okay. So, so, remember we used to talk about the Browns all the time on this yeah. show and you get so annoyed. But that's an area uh, even worse. Now at least they're kind of crap. All right, I'm going to go for a little bit further down the list here. Odell Beckham. Would you rather have Odell Beckham or Allen Robinson? And these are all redraft like football guys leagues. I'll take Robinson. Odell Beckham or Juju Smith-Schuster, another guy who's trying to bounce back? Um, I'll take Juju. Odell Beckham or A.J. Brown? Um, I'll take Beckham. Odell Beckham, last one, or Adam Thielen? Thielen, actually. I kinda, really? I like Thielen a lot. Um, yeah, with all those targets that are gone, I, I feel like he's having a really good year. Yeah, so you're betting on Justin Jefferson maybe catching like 50 balls this year and Thielen just being a total target monster? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, or Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, or, yeah. yeah I, I just, I'm, who, else, who else is there at receiver other than Jefferson? I'm trying. Um, well, let's see. They have um, – Oh, no, Stephon Diggs is gone. I'm going to bring up the depth. They're all those junky. They're not good. I'll tell you that right now. There's, there's nobody to, uh, to write home about. Okay, I got it right here. So the Vikings, besides uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, have Tajay Sharp, Ola B.C. Johnson. Remember, he was a big waiver pickup that one week last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chad Beebe, Dylan Mitchell, Alexander Hollins, Davian Davis, Courtney Davis, and Dan Chisena. Chiz- yeah, That's I'll, it. Yeah, I'm good with Thielen. <sighs> I'll take Thielen. What's the, what Thielen, I, where's Thielen going, like the fifth, sixth? He's, he's, going, he's pretty, going way late. Um, his, uh, his ADP right now in football guys drafts, again, over the last week, I want to give a shout-out to Darren Armani, FantasyMojo.com. This is where we get all that ADP from that we bring to you on this show. Adam Thielen is at the 408 as wide receiver 16. Okay. And Beckham's in the 308. 308 wide receiver 9. That's like a full round. And if it was an auction, they were both going for $10 at the exact same time, I would take Beckham just because I feel the ADP value is, you know, like I feel like – the, the crowd, the wisdom of the crowds tells me to take Beckham, but in a real draft, I would probably, I, I, I know I would take Thielen in the same, same spot. All right, so you know Adam Thielen has dealt with some injuries. I'm going to set you the uh, 79 and a half as far as his total catches this over. year. Taking the over? Okay. Sure. Um, one other thing I came across, you remember in 2018, Dave, Adam Thielen started off the season with that incredible 100-yard streak. He's, he got over 100 yards in like 10 straight games. Since then... He's had one 100-yard game in like a year and a half. Well, Pretty crazy. That's uh, not so good. It is not so good. But I'm, I think I'm with you on a, on a big season from him. All right, uh, let's move on. This is kind of an interesting one because we, we both talked about how we think Todd Gurley is a nice value. Dirk Ketter said that, uh, who's the new Falcons OC, said that uh, Gurley played in a similar offensive system uh, with the Rams and likes that because of, again, no offseason. With a similar terminology and a concept base, Gurley could be get going uh, right away or could get going right away. Now, the thing that Ketter brought up, the main question, quote, the main question that no one seems to know is what's his health status? What's his workload? D. Orlando Ledbetter had that report in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Dave, I don't know if you know this, Todd Gurley still has not taken a physical with the Falcons. The, the deal is, is pending a physical, knowing that 
His own offensive coordinator doesn't know what kind of workload he's going to handle. Is he still worth the risk at his current ADP and the, I believe it's third round, 302 right now as running back 15? And I, and I thought he had taken the physical. See, I saw, I saw, excuse me, I saw an article where he was going later, but 302 seems like, is that this, where he goes? This is just over the last seven days in football guys' drafts. So he might, I'm sure he has gone later in, in, in some other best balls. Or you know, I feel like Ketter is like a running back hater. He hated Ronald Jones. He talked him down right away. Now, granted, he wasn't incorrect. He was correct. Right. But he's just, you know, he got, gets fired. He just seems like a negative person. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that. Maybe I'm a negative person. I feel like I'm a more positive person than Dirk Ketter, though. Um, I like Gurley. If he passes the physical, I'm good taking him. I would take him now. I'm fine. Okay. I, Wasn't Ketter the guy who wore those half? Monic like spectacles on the sidelines when he was coaching yeah, Jameis so. Winston. Do you always have a visor on too, or is that somebody else? <laughs> I think he had a hat. No, he might have had a visor. Now that I think about yeah, he's it, he's a visor guy. I feel like you look know, at those visor guys who always have reading glasses on there, the tip of their yeah. nose, and you want to just punch their nose and fracture the nose and the glasses all at once. It's like put the glasses on. Right, and, and and maybe that's why Winston suffered. Maybe he was a Winston hater too. Yeah, I mean Winston, he, he's the one who actually needed the LASIK, and he finally got it. Now he, now he's uh, you know. Working back off. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about this uh, from the Chicago Tribune. Anthony Miller believes 2020 is going to be, quote, my best year yet. Now, Anthony Miller is still recovering from shoulder surgery, and this is not his first one. He got hurt in week 17 last year um, uh, on a kickoff when he was playing special teams. So this is a seven-month rehab that he's gone uh, under and, and certainly frustrated by that. He has been studying Stephon Diggs, Isaac Bruce, and Steve Smith's game tape, trying to pattern his game after them. Uh, Miller is obviously going to be the number two wideout after Allen Robinson for Chicago. And in the final six weeks, not including that Week 17 game, Dave, he averaged 5.7 catches and 72 yards a game. I didn't realize that, and I feel like he's being a little bit undervalued. Now, I know Matt Nagy's offense, they spread it around a little bit, but Nick Foles, I think, is a more competent quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky, and my money is on Foles starting right away in Week 1, throwing it uh, to uh, you know, Anthony Miller, among others currently going as wide receiver 54 in the 13th round. That is a nice little value there, in my opinion. You know, I, this whole little argument you're making was actually pretty compelling. And I, I, it's really good to hear. You know, I've never been an Anthony Miller fan just in general of his talent. But, you know, a lot of the stuff he's saying is very true. Um, it's, he's really got a real positive attitude about it. Recovering from all these injuries, which he's had a lot. And, you know, he, he hasn't really had – he's had these smaller opportunities to succeed and he showed, you know, like he showed late in the year that he, you know, he can actually do something. And the 13th round, why was here 54? I'm on board with Anthony Miller. I like that. Yeah. I like that quite a bit. You think about who has the potential to break out in that offense too. Um, yeah, the wide I mean, the tight ends are so terrible, too. There's a lot of... Well, they got Komet, who's a rookie. Yeah, I mean, he's... Garbage. <laughs> um, it seems like they've given up on Shaheen. Jimmy Graham, the corpse of Jimmy Graham, we already yeah, saw him the like last three, three years. 350 and three touchdowns. Tariq Cohen, to me, is, is just... He'll get some targets. Yeah, yeah he'll get a few. Um, he dropped, by the way, eight passes in 50 targets last year. Pretty bad. Uh, and then Montgomery, I think, is the other guy who could break out this year. But as far as a wide receiver standpoint, I think we saw a little bit of a bit of a mini breakout from Anthony Miller last year. Could but continue. That's why season. I love Allen Robinson. I mean, that guy, he scrapes up 12 targets almost every game. I mean, he, yeah. he's, he's, always, he's yep. always open, too. I mean, who, get, who gets more catches this year, him or Thielen? I like Robinson. I like Robinson a lot. Because he's actually going right behind Beckham and then Thielen, obviously, really? around okay. later. So um, might have to talk trade in uh, Dynasty about Allen Robinson. You have him? I have Robinson. I don't have Thielen. Yeah, all right. 
So I'm sure Tupacker has feelings somewhere that he'd be willing to, <laughs> to deal with. You. Okay, we have uh, our guest coming up in just a minute here, Cal Zondi, uh, 1250 Dynasty League number 10 champion. Last thing I want to get to, Kimberly Jones tweeted this out, beat reporter for the Giants. Uh, Joe Judge, the new New York Giants uh, head coach, said the offense that they're going to be using this year is going to be similarly based off of what new offensive coordinator Jason Garrett ran in Dallas. And I, I got this from Roto World. What I love about this is Roto World's little smart, snarky response. That is potentially bad news for the Giants offense. Kellen Moore, remember, was the guy who really took that uh, offense to new levels in, in Dallas. And it was a slow pace. It was very run heavy under Jason Garrett. Now, you have Barkley, Engram, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. They've all had big games uh, in the past toward the New York Giants. Daniel Jones seemed like he's on the come up here, Dave. Are you nervous about draft? I, I mean, obviously, you're not nervous about Barkley, but any of those other guys. Are you nervous about drafting this year based on this report if, if the Giants' offense is patterned after the Cowboys' Jason Garrett-led offenses? Well, it's a good, it's a good point, actually. If, you, know, you don't want a slow-paced offense. I, I remember reading about the Chargers having a slow-paced offense because they were good defense and if they have Tyrod Taylor. Uh, not that we're going to talk about the Chargers, but, I mean, if that's similar, it's not great. And you look at the talent, Shepard, Slayton, and I, I think out of the receivers, I think Golden Tate's probably the most talented and he's probably going to be, you know, maybe the least targeted. So you're splitting, you're splitting those, all, those, um, all those passes amongst the four if you have Ingram in there too. For me, it's a, it's a little challenging to pick a winner in, that, in, the, in the mix. Like, who do, you, who do you pick if they're not going to throw it that often? And they're right. it's, it's, you, it's in a situation you could avoid completely if you wanted. The good part about it, I guess, is you don't have to really pay a premium for any of these guys. Sterling Shepard is a 10th-round pick. Darius Slayton is a 12th-round – excuse me, Darius Slayton is a 10th-round pick. Sterling Shepard is a 12th round pick. Golden Tate not going off the board until the 15th round. I mean, they're all, I mean, you want to take them at the point, I don't care. I think the real question is what do you do with Evan Engram, who's the sixth tight end off the board, going in the middle of the sixth round? Coming off injury, too. Coming off injury. Well, and you think about it, philosophically, it actually makes sense where you have a, a second year quarterback, a superstar running back, and your team is not that great. It's an 8 and 8 team in an 8 and 8 division where everybody's always 8 and 8, right? So, <laughs> Why doesn't it just make you know you play your cards close to the vest, you run the ball a lot, don't throw a ton with your second year quarterback and hope your defense wins some games for you. It makes a lot of sense. It sucks for fantasy. Actually it's good for fantasy if you don't take any giants. Yeah. So And and you know, the great thing, you know Barkley's gonna catch a bunch of passes and you know even if it is slow pace, Dave he's going to be the beneficiary of that because they're going to be pounding the rock to him as long as they can afford to. Sure. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, tonight's guest, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's been playing high-stakes fantasy football uh, for a half decade now, only FFPC dynasties. He says he likes it more than the redraft tournaments, but does love everything the FFPC does with this format. As of this year, he now has four teams that usually have a pretty common trajectory in dynasty. They start off average, they bottom out, and then they start to get their legs under them and get competitive. He trades a ton, which helped him become the 2019 FFPC 1250 Dynasty League number 10 champ. Please welcome onto the show Cal Zarin. Cal, thanks so much for joining us this week. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. We uh, will get to fantasy football here shortly, but before we do that, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living when you are not trading and uh, drafting all these teams in your rookie drafts? Sure. Um, so I run a I run a small marketing agency in New York City. Uh, we uh, work with government agencies to do different social programs. Uh, so yeah, that's what we do. Cal, what's your who's your team that you follow? Are you a fan of any of the NFL teams out there, Giants, Jets, or are you just all fantasy all the way? <laughs> yeah, you know I used to be a Dolphin fan. Um, 
but that became real tough for a while. And now, uh, you know, I follow the New York team some, but I'm mostly fantasy. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Also, living in New York, have you been staying at home or have you left the city or, or what's your kind of plan with the COVID-19 thing? Yeah. So we, we left the yeah. city. We, our office is in Manhattan, uh, but we work remote a lot. So everyone's kind of spread out now working from home. But uh, yeah, oh, it's worked out. It's worked out fine. We've, we've been okay. All right. Good. That's great Good to, to hear. hear. Good to hear. All right. We'll yeah. talk some fantasy and you're, uh, you're ruining our renewal rate apparently in this league because you have Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley on the same team in 1250 number 10. Luckily we didn't get like, we didn't get like six or seven people that left the league um, or anything like that. But yeah. How did that happen? Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I just got bad at the right time. I think I, uh, <laughs> so I got Barkley in the draft off my own pick. Um, and then I traded, uh, who did I trade? I traded Mixon and Robinson to get McCaffrey. So, you know, I, I ponied up. It wasn't cheap. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, having good core, especially with those two guys, I, you know, I feel good with it. Dave, we just got done talking about how we both like Allen Robinson. Uh, you'd still <laughs> rather right. have the McCaffrey, the McCaffrey side in that deal, though, right? You'd, you'd give up Mixon and Allen Robinson to get CMC? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I would, too. I That's... gave up uh, last as I was talking about this, Elliot, Ezekiel Elliott and Keenan Allen to two-packer for McCaffrey mm-hmm. last year. And I think he's since oh, yeah. traded Elliot too. Yeah, so he's the one who offered it to me, I think. Probably he was drunk and then I was drunk and accepted, so it worked out perfectly. <laughs> that's genius, though, yeah. Cal, to, to get both those guys on your team. That's, that's, uh, that's awesome and, and certainly propelled you, helped propel you to victory. But this championship didn't necessarily look like it was going to happen for you about halfway through the season last year. What can you tell us about the approach that you took to, to try and go for the title? Yeah, so... Like halfway through last year, I think I may have been in last place. Um, you know, Barkley was hurt, and uh, my team was decent, but, you know, Geis got hurt too. He was my third running back, so I was just kind of throwing running backs out there. And then I had a choice, like halfway through the season. The, the way I usually do it is, you know, halfway through, I'll decide I'm either all in or all out. And if I'm all out, you know, I'll trade a lot and really try to go after guys on IR and things like that. Um, but I, the, off season before that, I had acquired a bunch of seconds thinking that I'd go for a run and thinking that if I was in contention, I'd start trading them, uh, you know, to pick up some like short-term guys, guys like, uh, um, you know, Mohamed Sanu, John Brown, uh, you know, people like that. So I had a decision made halfway through and I said, you know, look, this team, if, if it gets going, I think it could win. So I went all in. I traded most of those second rounders. I traded, I probably made three or four really big trades right in the middle of the year. Um, and then, yeah, then, then everyone started to get going. And uh, I think I won, you know, I won most of my last games. I, what, what happened? I didn't look at the playoffs in your league, uh, Cal. How did, was it close uh, those last couple of weeks? And, or did you run away with this in the playoffs? No, in the playoffs, I, I, well, I don't remember in the first playoff, but in the second playoff, I think I won by like a hundred points. I, I won by a lot. Now, there you go. Good for you. That's yeah. awesome. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, Dave, you have a question about a rookie running back, and I actually have a follow-up point I want to make uh, after Cal answers this question. All righty. So we're going to talk about A.J. Dillon, now of the Green Bay Packers. You took him in, the, in your rookie draft last month. Uh, you also grabbed him in a few other leagues. Is he uh, a player you were targeting in all your dynasty rookie drafts? Yeah, I was, I was, I'm all in on A.J. Dillon. Um, you know, I, the draft position is a big deal, so – you know, I was actually, I was looking at second rounders. Um, you know, if you look at second round running backs since like 2015, 
there isn't one second-round running back that's gone in the second-round ADP. You know, it's like Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Ronald Jones, on Johnson, Geis, Cook, Mixon, Henry. You know, all of those guys were first-rounders ADP. So, you know, I, I think a GM says a lot when he picks a guy in the second round. He's saying, you know, he's kind of making a statement, I think. You know, and when you look at Aaron Jones, he's really good, but, you know, he's a fifth-round pick, contract year next year. And so it, it seemed like the GM saying, all right, well, at least he's a part of our future. And then, you know, I look back more on A.J. Dillon, who was starting to like coming off the combine, you know, and usually like there's a story or something. You find something and you're like, oh, wow, I, that, you know, that seems like it's a, uh, like indicative of the, of the player. And I read about A.J. Dillon's first game when he wasn't a starter and he played against Louisville. Um, and that was when they had Lamar Jackson. You know, and that was his first game. He wasn't even starting going into that game ran for like 257 yards, four touchdowns. They never gave the running back job back to the other guy. And then they like built the entire offense around him for the next four years. So I don't know. He just seems like checks, checks a lot of the boxes. Um, so Cal, the, the point I wanted to make is in, and I forgot about this when you and I were exchanging emails, you had asked my opinion uh, on AJ Dillon. It, it, you know, Dave and I live here in, in Northeast Wisconsin and, and I am a yeah. Packers fan and initially, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, w- I didn't like the Jordan Love pick, obviously. I, I was hoping yeah, for yeah. a receiver there in the first round. And then you compound it with Dylan in the second round. But, you know, you kind of peel back the layers here, and you, you already talked a little bit about it. You know, this is a um, franchise that seems to want to switch to a power running game. You know, they obviously use the um, two straight years. They use a, a third-round pick on a tight end that can both block and catch. Uh, we know Lafleur's mm-hmm. offense likes to utilize the tight end, but as far as Dylan goes, you know, I, I just look at this from the standpoint he his metrics were eerily similar to to Derrick Henry's metrics uh, from the combine. He had the second best speed score of anybody in the in the draft this year, and Aaron Jones, two out of the last three years, ended the year on IR with a with a knee injury. Yeah. And not only that, with the beat writers I follow here with with the Packers, they seem to think that Aaron Jones at best is number three in line for a contract extension behind Kenny Clark and behind David Bakhtiari. And if you remember the big spending spree the Packers went on last year on defense, they don't really have a ton of funds to be throwing around. So I think the Dylan thing just kind of cemented it that, look, we're going to go for broke with Jones and Dylan this year, but this is Dylan's backfield going forward. So I I really like him. And of course, well, I haven't, I I take that back. I've only done one rookie draft so far and I didn't get him. Um, but hopefully I get them in, in a couple of them that I have coming up here. I, I, I like them uh, quite a bit, too. Dave, you're not as bullish on, on Dylan, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, I, I don't – I've not been in a position really to draft him. I like I, – I do like his skill set, I, I think. But I, I mean, the one thing I fear is that he's just more of a two-down back. He's not going to catch passes. So, um, mm-hmm. But I agree with all those points about Aaron Jones long-term. If, when you're a fifth-round pick – even if you're, you know, outperformed it with all those touchdowns, um, I just I, the team just it's kind of hard to get out of that position. I just feel like. And the other thing too to to keep in mind, you know, and I should have brought that up too with the pass catching. You know, it's it's pretty rare for for a guy for a running back in the NFL to be a difference maker in fantasy, a real big time mover and shaker without catching passes. You know, Derrick Henry's been able to do it, but. Are we talking about another Derrick Henry here? I'm not so sure. Well, yeah, 200, you know, he was having 250-yard games with two and three touchdowns, and that's what – Right. But, you know, it, it's not impossible. Dylan's a huge dude, fast. So. And it's not – and I was listening actually to the Boston College running backs coach being interviewed, and he said, look, 
we didn't throw to him a lot at BC. That doesn't necessarily mean he can't catch the ball. I've seen him catch the ball, too. So we'll see what happens with that. Cal Zarin is our guest, the 1250 FFPC Dynasty League number 10 champion. Cal, uh, this is a contract year, speaking of contract years, for Cooper Cup as well. And then the Rams end up using a uh, second-round pick on Van Jefferson, the polished route runner out of uh, the University of Florida. You think Van Jefferson is the Cooper Cup replacement for the Rams in 2021, or is that too big of a uh, conclusion to jump to right now? Yeah, I don't know. You know, like I, I, I like Cup, and it seems like Goff really likes Cup. Um, he's just kind of like you, you watch those games, and he just seems to find them, you know. And even when Robert Wood's having a good game or when Cooks was having good games, he, he always kind of keyed in on Cup. So I, I think they're going to keep Cup. I think uh, McVay will appreciate that those two kind of work well together. You know, Woods, they have an out on Woods next year, too. It like, you know, I think it'll cost, let's say, like $9.5 million, something like that. Um, I really like Van Jefferson. I, I think you, you listen to some of the things from the Senior Bowl. You know, he's one of those weird guys where, you know, his production doesn't back it up, but he's fast. You know, so the Senior Bowl, they clocked him as the fastest – wide receiver, faster than Mims, who ran, a, I think it was like a 4 three, nine, something like that. Um, and like you said, his route running is really good. Um, so I, I, and they pick him in the second round. So I, I think they're going to they're gonna find a spot for Van Jefferson next year. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think Cup or Woods could, could be the one out. I mean, from my personal experience in my dynasty leagues I've done this year, I've gotten Van Jefferson in two leagues. I got him at the 310 and the 406. I'm super happy to get a player that got picked yeah. 57th overall to get him at pick 34 in the mid, you know, the mid 40s. Uh, it's just like it's just like free. The people are taking, you know, like Cole Komet. They're taking yeah. Justin Jackson or uh, Philip Rivers. You know, crappy <laughs> picks. It's fine. You know, go ahead and take those guys. Yeah. But I mean, a player like you know Jefferson, or I've been calling him Van Morrison. He he has potential to be like you know a top 36, top 24 wide receiver and reasonable potential as a second rounder. It, I just love that. I love that value. Yeah, Cal. Let me ask you that. Dave mentioned the 406. That was his FFPC rookie draft ADP this year. Why why were were so many people I guess soured on Van Jefferson given that the Rams um, you know put a premium pick into selecting this guy. I mean, you know, I think a lot of the rookie ADP or just the people, the way people approach uh, rookie ADP, it's so much group think, you know, it's like Van Jefferson, I think he's good, but he really, I felt like he really like proved himself at the, at the senior bowl. And if you look at his stats and you look at some of those, like, you know, breakout metrics and things like that, he doesn't qualify for any of them and he's old, you know? So I think people look at that and they were backed off him and nobody's really talking about him until he got drafted in the second round. But I like I totally agree with what you guys are saying. I there are a few people that really stand out to me as far as like why they're why they're getting drafted so late, and for whatever reason his name's just not in that next tier of like you know the Jefferson Mims uh, all the way to Lavisca Schnall. You know he's just not in that tier for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it's I mean it's great because those those receivers that got drafted in the NFL in similar spots are getting drafted around the the first round, the second round turn sometimes. And if they fall, you know, to the late second, like your Chase Claypools, Devin DuVernay's, go, you go in the mid-third, early third. Uh, yeah, I think it's great value. In fact, Cooper Cup, yeah, interestingly enough, he was another player that went in the third round of rookie draft. Yeah. He was falling all over the place because, again, he was overaged. Uh, in small school. Small school, yeah. People, for whatever reason, they couldn't put their, you know, they couldn't get a good feel on him or they just didn't think he was going to make it. Plus, he's a hockey 
I mean, you right. can't have a white wide receiver for God's sake and do be successful. That's not going to work. And now the one hundred and one is a is a white running back this year in, in redraft. Uh, it's unbelievable. Crazy. I wonder if the, we're going to talk about Dobbins here in a second. I wonder if Van Jefferson people get to the mid fourth and they're like, I don't want to double off the wall here. I don't want a polished route runner guy who maybe is a little bit older. I, I want a home run pick, and Van Jefferson is a home run pick. Let me take Philip Rivers. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that was <laughs> – I'm not saying that's a good pick either. I'm just trying to get in the minds I'll of them. I think the Chargers defense. Yeah, well, anyway, what, somebody who could be a home run right, rookie pick Home run year, pick. J.K. Dobbins, is, he, is there any chance he surpasses uh, Mark Ingram, which he could be turning into Frank Gore Parte do as the lead Ravens back before the end of the season? I, I think you nailed it. I, I think Mark Ingram's just one of those, like, pros pro. Um, so I, I don't think he goes away and, and Dobbins good. And I think they like him. Um, so I, you know, I think, I think earlier rather than later, they, they go to a split and Dobbins gets his carries, but I, I, I don't, I don't think Ingram's going away this year. And I really don't think he's going away next year either. I think there's a good chance Ingram comes back next year and they just, they go with the, you know, with a two hand approach. Uh, I just, I just saw, you know, a good friend of the show, uh, uh, Lance Turvis and, and then uh, the mascot of the show, Two Packer, in a dynasty, a private dynasty league rookie draft that we have kicking off tomorrow. Um, they just made a, a trade, and I was going to talk about it on the show. It's too big of a blockbuster. I don't want to get into it. It, it was massive, though. <laughs> a lot, lot, lot of first round picks. Todd Gurley was involved. It was, it was fun. Wonderful. Um, all right, Cal, let's talk about a vet that you are looking to trade uh, after seeing what his team did in the NFL draft at the end of last month. The guy who maybe necessarily didn't get his value killed, but you could see his value being depreciated. Is there anybody that you're looking to get rid of uh, and, and maybe take 80 or 85 cents on the dollar right now? Yeah, I, I don't have any of these guys, but guys like Aaron Jones, uh, Cortland Sutton, I, I actually pretty down on Sutton. Um, I don't hear him being talked about too much as a guy that took a big hit, but I think Judy is really good. I, I think – I think Judy and Hamler are going to, are going to cut into his, are going to cut into his, you know, his numbers, his targets, you know, Gallup guys like that. But I, I kind of go the other way. I look at, I, I try to sell the guys that didn't get hit that everyone kind of expected to, to get pulled down, you know, so guys like James Conner, Sony, Sony Mitchell, um, even like Todd Gurley, you know, I, I think a lot of people expected them to at least be challenged with higher pedigree guys. And if you get, past the rookie draft and they look unchallenged. I feel like they get a quick spike where people kind of, you know, I say that meanwhile, I can't trade Gurley. <laughs> I've had a really tough time <laughs> um, But, you know, I, I think people forget for a second and say, especially like with the road-to-road blurb today on, on uh, Connor, you know, I think now's the time you really want to jump on those guys, get rid of them. So, seriously, if you, I, ha- I have Aaron Jones in a couple of leagues, so I'm going to ask your advice. So if I wanted to deal Aaron Jones – uh, what would be the price that you'd sell them for? Like a, like a random 2021 first, or is that giving them away for too cheap? You know, I, so I saw somebody post about this. They said that, um, and it was with A.J. Dillon. They said, you know, I just, I had a, uh, Aaron Jones, and I traded for A.J. Dillon. And I feel like if you find the A.J. Dillon owner, I, I'm not a big Aaron Jones fan, but I feel like a lot of A.J. Dillon owners would really like to double up and get Aaron Jones because it gives them production year one. And then when Aaron Jones potentially goes to another team next year, you know, it, it um, you know, they get two potential starting running backs, but I don't know. I, I would say like first and second, maybe. Sure. Do, do you think okay. it's still yeah, worth that? Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm just wondering. I guess you have to have someone else that's willing to, you know, to do that. But right. if you threw, if you're just, I'm just speaking in the terms of rookie picks, or, or maybe this. Yeah, I'm thinking of extra next year. Anyway, that's that's a good answer. Well, I, look at 2020, like this year's rookie. You know, like maybe the 106. You know, like 106 and 206. Yeah, I think that'd be fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you look at it. You know, you talk about trying to find a trade partner. Well, there, there's probably people out there that are are doubting whether Dylan is going to be. Uh, this this huge standalone guy in the future because again because of the pass catching uh, aspect mm-hmm. and and maybe they just believe that that Jones and Dylan are going to be the one two punch given what you know the Packers did in the draft this year that could very and that could happen it's it's you know yep. not without uh, you know there's non zero chance of that happening so I think that that would work out uh, as well okay so so talking about um, rookie drafts we often forget that there's some some veterans in these drafts as well the rookie slash free agent draft. Um, two of the tight ends that were in a lot of the FFPC rookie drafts this year, Cal were Hayden Hurst and Rob Gronkowski. Where were you looking at selecting them in those rookie drafts? And are you high on either one of these guys uh, for dynasty? Yeah. So I was, I was trying really hard to get into the, the early second for Dylan and those two guys in every draft I could. Um, you know, I, like I said, I like Dylan, but Gronk, you know, <laughs> I keep thinking back to Gronk, like it's Gronk and Brady. You know, it's like, how do you not go after Gronk, a healthy Gronk paired with Brady with their like last stand? Like that is, you know, you just that that seems pretty juicy to me. So uh, you know, I'm I want to at least be a part. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to be on that ride. Um, <laughs> and then with Hurst, you know, with Hurst, he he looked good. You know, his first round pick. I think he wasn't he Ozzie Newsom's last year. I mean. In Ozzy, yeah. I trust, you know, so, you know, <laughs> Ozzy picked him in the first round. He's looked really good every chance he got. Atlanta traded a second rounder for him. He's replacing uh, Hooper, which a lot of people kind of like question his talent. And, you know, he was number one tight end for the first half last year. I think there are a lot of, you know, checks in his box too. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big believer in both those guys. Point and a half for catch, too, obviously, in FFPC leagues. You know, the, the whole Brady-Gronk thing, Dave, doesn't it strike you as, like, they did two movies together, like Brady and Gronk, and they're like, ah, we're not going to do a third. And then, like, the money runs low or whatever, and the, the buzz gets up, and like, all right, we're going to do a third. Here, here's the last part of the trilogy. <laughs> we had boys three. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly exactly what it, uh, what it is. Uh, you know, and, and it happens a couple years later. Uh, but in any event... Um, Trading is is uh, always one of my favorite parts of Dynasty Day. Absolutely. So you're a, a definitely you're a hyperactive trader in Dynasty Cal. Is there a method uh, to your madness, or are you just always trying to tinker? Or you you wait till it's slow at work, and you're like, ah, I got to make a trade. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably a little bit of all that. It's uh, first of all, it's just fun. I like to trade. Um, and two, you know, I, I really I think of Dynasty like I'm not a stock guy at all. Um, but I would imagine it's a lot like the stock market, you know, where it's all about values. You know, you, I think your core guys are guys you want to really believe in. You know, those are the guys you're going to build your team around. But everyone else, I feel like you're trying to just figure out, okay, he, you know, for whatever reason, he's underperforming. He had a bad year. He's on the end of a contract. And you're just saying, look, next six months, he's going to go up a lot, you know, and when he goes up, it doesn't matter if I'm, banking on this guy for a long time. You know, it's, if, I can, if I can make a profit next six months and get another second rounder out of him and get somebody at equivalent, equivalent value, then it's a good trade, you know, if, if I can still be competitive. So 
I just, I just like that part of it. I, I like the part of like the values kind of, you know, the sell, does it sell, sell high, buy low? You know, I, I, I kind of, I try to run my team that way. And you call yourself not a stock guy. Nice job. You <laughs> nailed it right on the head there, Cal. Um, this probably, you, you probably answered part of the next question, but I mean, is that the biggest reason that you like dynasty leagues over redraft leagues is, is the, because of the trading aspect? Yeah, I just, I'm not into the redraft leagues anymore. It's, um, I just, I really like the idea of like the long-term thinking. I really like, like trading draft picks and, and kind of the element that introduces into it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just prefer dynasty. I like, I like thinking about the long-term part of it. Well, you know, the nice thing about redraft is a lot of these teams I drafted last year, I just flushed them all down the toilet. And it's a new year for me, yeah. so I'm so happy. I always joke on the show, like, I, I'm always looking forward to, like, week six. I'm like, okay, i got to get my dynasty ducks lined up here for, <laughs> yeah. for, for, for the following year because all my teams are crap uh, at that point. Um, all right, well, one final question well, if you, for If you for think Cal. about the way you introduced me, um, I was just going to yeah. say, if you think about the way you introduced me, it's like the same thing, right? Like, I start – I start average, I, I tank, and then I start being competitive. So that doesn't lend itself too well for, like, a redraft league, you know. There's there, there one – yeah, that is true. There's one dynasty league that I'm in. It's the one we talk about on this show all the time. How many years have we been doing it? Seven? Carrington? What? Seven years of, of dynasty in that Even league? longer, but is that it? Yeah. Okay. And, and I have been the – I'm not going to go into it. How's your playoff record? I'm, I've never won a playoff game, but I've been the lead sco- leading scorer in this league three times, and I have nothing to show for it. <laughs> and it's been, it, but I feel like this is my year. After this rookie draft that I had, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, excited. Your for team it. is getting disgustingly good. Actually, it's, it's, I, I, I don't like. I don't. I don't like looking at other teams in the league and, and like them better than mine. I, 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 mean. I, I think it might be top eight in the league now. Top two thirds of the league. Whatever. Dave, final question for Cal <laughs> before we let him to go. All right, how are you going to spend all that money? The 500. Oh, wait, this is wrong. Wrong question. Right, wrong question. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cal. Uh, not, sorry about the half million you didn't win. Uh, who's a player that you're <laughs> yeah. avoiding in, 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 in rookie drafts this year, or that you did avoid in rookie drafts this year? And uh, a, a sleepover you try to scoop up later? What is a sleepover? <laughs> sleeper. What the hell is a sleepover? It's not a sleepover, yeah. I'm oh always trying God. to avoid sleepovers, yeah. And a, and a sleepover you had recently. Okay, and a sleeper you were trying to scoop up later on. Yeah. Um, so I am, like, totally out in Keyshawn Vaughn. I feel like there's a Keyshawn Vaughn in every draft. Um, a guy that, you know, is kind of like a fringe guy that gets put on the right team and everyone takes him. So I definitely don't like Vaughn. And then I'm kind of, you know, I, I kind of am fading every wide receiver after Rager. I, I think for me, Rager's the third, you know, after Judy and Lamb. But all those other ones, I, I think they're good. They're a lot I really like. But like you were saying before, I feel like I'd rather kind of pass on all of them all the way to Ayuk however you pronounce that. I, I like him. I see him at like two, nine, you know, two, eight, two, nine in some drafts. And, and he, that feels like really good value for him. And then like you said, Van Jefferson, Antonio Gibson, kind of guys like that. So I'm kind of fading that whole cluster of wide receivers. And then for sleepers, like you had said before, I really like Van Jefferson. Then the other guys like that, I don't get why he's fading is, you know, Lynn Bowden, he feels, you know, Antonio Gibson is getting so much hype. Bowden feels like the exact same player. You know, it's like here's a guy that goes, I think, 14 picks later than Bowden. He's very similar, you know, in that he's this kind of hybrid guy. Um, he's an athlete. He's, you know, you don't, re- you know, his, like, status or his, like, role on the team is 
pretty unclear. I think that's very similar to Gibson. So I feel like two rounds later after Gibson, you can get Bowden. That feels like that feels like good value to me. Yeah, I, it makes it makes perfect sense. The other thing with Gibson, I don't know if it's just because I'm so sick of people talking about him, talking him up so much. He just strikes me as like one of those Washington Redskins players that gets super hyped up and then just never lives up to it. And it's just a, like a huge disappointment. Like all of them. Right, exactly. I mean, they just, it's like a fantasy wasteland there all the time. Yeah. I mean, Geist got, he had the knee injury, obviously. That, that, that obviously hurt him. But, I mean, like, you know, Bryce Love is not doing anything there. Um, but, McLaurin actually is okay, but he's McLaurin, a receiver. McLaurin's like the only, yeah. But, I mean, you had a lot of guys. A lot Do- of Josh Doxson? Doxson was a total yeah. bust. Mm-hmm. The guy from Seattle, Richardson, was been Paul, terrible. Yeah, Paul Richardson. Samaj, remember Samaj P. Ryan? Oh, P. Ryan, oh, you yeah. You want to shoot yourself oh. going P. Ryan for a year. The guy yeah. was terrible. He had, like, yeah. 10 yards. And now he's, now he's out of football, I think. Yeah, and Jordan, yeah, Jordan Reed. Has Jordan Reed terrible. was good in his heyday, but, but yeah. think about all those years where – He's just sitting, he's sitting there clogging your oh, roster because yeah. yep. he's always he's like oh is he coming back and it's like week nine and he's still sitting there yeah oh, well listen the Redskins are the worst they they are the worst I'll, try to close this on a good note it, yeah well I'll tell you who the best is and that's <laughs> Cal Zarn the FFPC twelve fifty number ten uh, dynasty league champ from this past uh, season Cal thanks so much for popping on with us tonight talking a little dynasty uh, really appreciate it dude good luck uh, defending the belt in that league good luck in all of your dynasty leagues this year and we'll uh, talk again soon dude. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, had fun. Thank Thanks, you. We, we did, too. Definitely. Stay safe, my friend. Uh, Cal Zarn, 2019 FFPC 1250, number 10 Dynasty League champ. Pretty incredible story, Dave, where, you know, halfway through, the, we hear this all the time, you know, you, you got to figure out if you're going to go all in or all out. And despite his record, despite being in last place six weeks into the season, seven weeks into the season, it's like, look, I got McCaffrey. I got Barkley. I can make a run. He, he loads up. And sure enough, he makes the run, wins the title. It, it's uh, it's uh, something to behold. Always appreciate when uh, something like that happens. Yeah, that was great. Really enjoyed it. Um, all right. Plus, really, his, uh, he had a great voice. He could be a radio. He has good radio. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And then his uh, audio came through nicely, too. So I always like when I can hear people. I, I knew it would. I mean, he's a marketing guy uh, on the East Coast. So you knew that he would have, like, a good, clean audio setup because I'm sure he's been doing a lot of Zoom meetings and what have you. Plus, no stupid Wisconsin accent, which is nice. Oh, God. You, I, I, I cannot listen to... He sounded normal, like a normal person on TV and stuff. You know, I, I have these <laughs> friends that I talk to from time to time that don't live in the area anymore, and, and they listen to my podcast, and I'm like, does my accent, does it come through? Because like, I'm, I'm trying to go out of my way. He's not, like, yeah. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, totally, it's terrible. I'm like, son <laughs> of a gun. Um, okay, I, so I, I'm not, I don't want to go through the, the, uh, the trade that Lance and two packages did. I Why are you you're bringing it up twice then? Because I'm, I'm bringing up a trade offer I just got. It, because it's clean. Who would you rather have, Curtis Samuel or this year's 211? Uh, 211. I agree. And that is what my answer is to you, too, Packer. All right, so moving on, let's get to some emails here. Who would you rather have, Curtis Samuel or the 303? <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. Two Packer being exposed tonight. Um, all right, let's kick off emails tonight with Jim in Bakersfield, California. Now that football guys drafts are in full swing, I decided to jump in one this weekend. How many players at each position do you guys think I should look at? Wish me luck. That is Jim in Bakersfield, California. So this isn't necessarily a, an ordered roster construction question, Dave, but when you're drafting a football guys team in you know, mid-May here, what do you like to do? Uh, one kicker, one quarterback, one defense, a couple of tight ends, three tight ends. How, how would you – uh, sort of organize this. I guess 
my biggest question is what do you do with the with the non-sexy uh, positions here? Um, football guys, I would go one kicker, one defense, two quarterbacks, three tight ends, six running backs, and seven receivers on average. Okay. Now sometimes I would possibly take seven backs and six receivers if they were if I had really good receivers, but generally that's kind of where I'd be. If you took Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, would you still draft a backup? Um, probably, but I would, wouldn't feel like I really totally had to. Because you had like the waiver wire one prior to week one. Yeah, and I, but I do feel like there's some good, good value backups out there that uh, I wouldn't mind just having. Because, you know, the, if it's the 12th or 13th round, maybe Anthony Miller is there, right? So mm-hmm. that's a position or player you could take. Um, but maybe there's a maybe there's a quarterback. Maybe you, you, you like Brady. You like the ground connection, or maybe it's the 16th round. You like Bridgewater or something like that. And you're like maybe you should, you should take him there. So yeah. I, I feel like I feel like getting a backup quarterback does kind of matter. Uh, I am with you um, on the kicker and defense um, for tight end premium leagues. I think three tight ends is is definitely a good idea, even when you're not talking. Um, Actually, in best ball, I'd probably go four tight ends in, in tight end premium. Um, well, yeah, we're talking football this guys. This is football so. guys, yeah. Uh, quarterback, I think I still might just do one uh, there. And that's and by the way, you know, listen, I've talked about – You never take your quarterback early, though. Right. And so I would, like, draft Matthew Stafford in, like, the 12th and then just, all right, I'm all set. I'm going to, you know, take these stone running backs that will probably never pan out. But that, that's probably the way I would approach it. Um, Dave has won more leagues than me, so Jim and Bakersfield, you know who to give priority over. Well, the thing is, you know, quarterbacks. Not to, I'm not trying to argue. Quarterbacks do get hurt, and you know, like the seventh and eighth running backs. You know, how often do they pan out? Every once in a while, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, what happens more? Quarterbacks get hurt. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Wasp guy. We're gonna answer his question in the chat room. He wants to know how much is Singletary hurt by Zach Moss in 2020 and beyond? So kind of a dynasty question, Dave. I don't know if you were all that excited about Zach Moss. I didn't think he was all that special of a player. I still don't think he's all that special of a player, but I think that the, where, where the Bills took him in the draft, to me it signals like, okay, well, we want to keep Singletary healthy. This is, we're going to give, Moss will be a big part of our offense here right away this year. Um, and uh, it probably takes a little bit of the shine away from Singletary after they decided not to sign, re-sign Gore. Yeah, I mean, to me, they they really felt when you look at Moss, he has a similar body type to Gore, from what I can tell. Like a you know big, you know thickly built, low to the ground type back. Uh, whereas Singletary is you know a little bit more the not that he's a third down back, but he's just not quite as not quite the grinder that that those two guys are. They feel like that that's kind of the role that that Zach Moss is going to play, in my opinion. So I don't think that the people that thought Singletary was going to just run away with it and be the three down superstar back, he's not. Like I've said a zillion times, he's not that talented of a back. He's not a superstar, you know, getting picked in the top 10 picks, McCaffrey, Barkley type player. There's only a few of them in the league. So him having competition with Moss makes sense. Uh, I think it's going to affect him negatively. I mean, I, I, I would have no problem trading away Singletary if I owned him. And I, I actually don't mind Moss. I like Moss. FFP. I, I screwed up, but I didn't draft him in a dynasty draft. I'm, I'm still kicking myself. Really? Like bit. you, uh, where did you, where were you targeting him in the rookie draft? Mom. I wasn't targeting him. I just, I took a different player uh, when he okay. was there. And I, he fell below his ADP. Oh I yeah. I know what you're, yeah, sorry. I know no. what you're talking about now. It's fine. Uh, FFPC dynasty startup ADP Singletary is going as the running back 22 at the end of the fourth round. Zach Moss is not going until the end of the eighth round as running back 33. I, I think that makes sense. Devin Singletary is probably like a top 20, top 25 running back this season. Zach Moss probably top 35. 
and, and that's yeah. and that's dynasty, by the way, too. Yeah, I totally agree. And if I was in a startup draft, I would absolutely not draft Evan Singletary. I would take a wide receiver in that spot. Um, okay, a, a young, good wide receiver that's going to last. Right. I mean, why? Why take a guy who could get marginalized as soon as week four? <laughs> I mean, it's possible, right? I don't think it's likely, but as soon as week four and as late as 2021. So. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Dennis in Cicero, Illinois. What's the success rate of starting tight end, tight end in your drafts? Uh, that is Dennis. Thank you for the email in Cicero, Illinois. We've seen it happen a lot, Dave. We've, we've seen it do. Uh, we've seen it done in pros versus Joe's before. We've seen it done in Genesis, Revelations, Apocalypse. Um, this probably a bit better question for Darren Armani. In fact, I should tweet it out to him to see what he has to say. But I don't really remember all, all, many, if any, champions where we bring on the show where they started off their draft tight end, tight end. Now, you're getting two of the elite tight ends. This year would probably be Kelsey Kittle. Uh, years past, it's been Gronk and Kelsey. Um, uh, we've seen uh, Gronk and Ertz. Uh, you know, drafted back to back, or you know, with their first two picks, I, I don't. I would venture a guess to say it is not that desirable to do that if you're trying to win your league. Yeah. So the question was starting tight end, one, tight end round one and two, round one and two. Yeah, I think people have more success if they go rounds. You know, like two tight ends in the first four rounds. I, I've, I've seen that work more frequently. One and two, they. You know, you have to hit on both. And, you, you know, like Ertz, for example, he underperformed his position last year. And Gronk recently has been underperforming when he was still in the, you know, still in the NFL and now he's back. But when he was a first-round pick, he busted a few times. So uh, your team is already half ruined you know, if, yeah. if you're taking guys that bust. So, yeah, I, I, I would avoid it. I, I like other, looking the other direction. You know, I, and I don't have anything to back this up, but especially when we do these team reviews and when we cover these drafts live, I always like, I always tend to like teams that have a good second tight end that they take in like, say the sixth or seventh round. Like <clears throat> if they get an elite guy or like a top five guy, but then they're also getting like a, another guy who's like a fringe top 12 guy in like round seven or round six. I always tend to like that as long as you didn't take a quarterback yeah. early. You're not, yeah, you're not sacrificing the, much of the rest of your core of your roster running back receivers uh, to, to do that. So that's, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's more important. I, I would not advise – listen, it's your team. You do what you want. But I'm not going to advise anybody to start off their draft tight end, tight end. I don't care if it's Kelsey and Kittle, the killer case. Um, all right, question from John in Detta, Mass. Dear Deuce and Brian, if you were considering drafting Miles Sanders at the back end of the first round, how much should the Carlos Hyde and LaShawn McCoy rumors affect your decision-making? Thanks, guys. That's John in Detta, Massachusetts. Um, Miles well, Sanders I – mean, sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. Um, Miles Sanders, over the last seven days in football guys drafts, Dave, is going at the 111. Um, and I do remember seeing him go a little bit higher, and I wonder if this is the potential of Philadelphia potentially signing Carlos Hyde or, or reuniting with LaShawn McCoy. I wonder if that is bumping him down a little bit. Um, well, the question, yeah. if I'm to answer it. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. I'm just, if I was actually considering drafting Miles Sanders at the end of the first round, would those rumors affect my position? I don't know. They would not if I was that person that was doing that. Let's break this down a little bit more. Because I think you're already a little bit – the fact that you're thinking that means you must think Miles Sanders is like a superstar. Like he's an awesome player, and that somehow Philly is going to go away from what they've been doing in the past however many years 
and that's using multiple backs for multiple reasons for multiple years and games and quarters and minutes and mm-hmm. plays. So if you think that about Miles Sanders, yeah, you should still take him at the end of the first round. And he could very well be that player. I don't know. I'm guessing he's not. My opinion is that he's not, but maybe. Well, um, but to no fault of his own, just because you don't think his usage, in your opinion, will be high enough to warrant that pick. I think he's a good back. I don't think he's like this crazy superstar. I don't think that the team is oriented to do that. They were giving Boston Scott all sorts of action, and it sounds like they still plan to, even if they don't sign. Why would they sign McCoy? That makes no sense. But if they signed Hyde, um, that would just be another guy in the mix. But it sounds like they're near Boston Scott, plenty of action. But, I mean, if, if someone thinks that 350-plus touches is what uh, Sanders has coming to him, I mean, yeah, late first for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, well what said. What do you think? Well, I think for me, listen, I don't think Carl. here's my concern. Carlos Hyde and LaShawn McCoy are not good football players anymore. Um, that said, if the team signs them, they are signing them to use them, which is going to take away the usage from Miles Sanders. And when, if you're selecting at that back end of, of the first round, um, there's got, well, okay. So the guy I really like there is Nick Chubb. Um, he was the only player, I think I saw this last year, he was the only player in the league to have at least 15 touches at least 15 weeks out of the year. But he was, he, he was matched by Kareem Hunt at the end of the, the last half of the year. Right. And Hunt is going three rounds or how many rounds later? Five, six rounds later? Uh, I'll check out where Kareem Hunt is right now. They both average 6.04, like, so he's going five rounds later. Five rounds later yeah. and they, average, they average like 13 points a game each. Yeah. So how do you justify Chubb over because, because, okay. because now it's going to go back? Well, No, but I'm just saying like even when Chubb was uh, – when Hunt came back, Chubb was still touching the ball quite a bit. Like he was still heavily involved. Um, what was I going to say? Josh Jacobs. He's going after Miles Sanders. What concerns me about him is, you know, it seems like Oakland does not want to have him catch the ball. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I'm, I still don't know if I can go all in on him as a, you know, first or early second round pick. Um, and then there's Eckler, too, there. I think I'd be more likely to take somebody like Tyree Killer, Julio Jones, uh, and, yeah. and, just, and just skip the running back. And, and then maybe I go zero RB. You know, I think a lot of people are going away from zero RB this year because we didn't have the running backs decimated in 2019 like they were in 2017 and 2018. I think there could be some value there, um, especially, again, if we don't have these workouts, maybe these guys do get hurt a little bit more. I'm not sure. Why don't you go back to your old typical strategy of grabbing one back in the first round like most people are doing oh, yeah. and force five straight wide receivers. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, FFPC, I don't maybe think. Maybe four, not five. FFPC, it's a little bit different. I don't think I would do that in, in this, but in a league where you have to start three receivers, oh, I love that. That's like... Music to my ears. Sometimes I even win a league doing it. Uh, final uh, email tonight is from Chris in Detroit. Who do you guys like better for football guys drafts this season, Chris Godwin or DeAndre Hopkins? Appreciate everything you do. That is Chris in Detroit. Chris, we appreciate every email that you send us. Dave, you can only pick one. Who are you taking? Are you drafting Hopkins or are you drafting Godwin in football guys drafts this year? Um... Actually, going back-to-back in the mid-second round right now. You know, you might have asked me this question, and I might have changed my answer. I might actually look at Hopkins, even though it's, it's weird, because I feel like last week I might have said Godwin. It's, I, pretty, it's, it's close to me, but I'm thinking of opportunity, and I think Hopkins is going to be targeted and targeted heavily, where Godwin, there's a little bit more uncertainty with who Brady's going to be throwing to. Okay. 
Um, and then uh, Maybe I'm wrong though. I, I, I'm totally not sure on this one. Well, the other thing, two other things to consider. Obviously, Hopkins moving to the new team. There's there's always that question. And then Godwin, well, I mean, maybe this factors in to when you're talking about two guys that are this razor thin. Chris Godwin's on by in week 13. DeAndre Hopkins is not. Does no, that factor into it? Not for me. I don't care about that. I mean, even when they're that close? No. See, for McCaffrey and Barkley, I think there's enough, like, I, I just, I'm not passing up McCaffrey because I think there's a significant amount of fantasy value between McCaffrey and Barkley. Godwin and Hopkins, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Okay, so to me, it's like, all right, by week 13, let's, say, let's just say Godwin averages 18 or 19 points a game. Mm-hmm. If I can't find another receiver that averages th- – a receiver or whatever as flex, right, a running back, like a 12 or 13-point guy to replace Godwin with. So that's a five-point – like five to six-point swing. So the odds of me reaching the championship game and losing by six or fewer points are jack shit. <laughs> so I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> All right, I get it. There you go. There's my argument. All right. It's, it's a beautiful argument, and that is the way you end the show, Dave. Yeah, Congratulations on that one. Yeah, hey, I want to thank uh, Dave Gerzak, of course, Cal Zarn, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. want to wish a couple of happy birthdays tonight. A former Kentucky main event champion and uh, FFPC player, James Adams, celebrating a birthday today. And my father-in-law, uh, also celebrating a birthday. want to give a shout-out to happy Mark. Happy birthday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are Mark? Mark? Mark, yeah. Oh, that's right. My dad and my father-in-law both have the same first name, which I think we brought this up on the show. We named our firstborn son, his middle name is Mark, and we told each of them that we named it after <laughs> I don't after know them. if I ever heard that story, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, and yeah, I, we, named him, we named him Mark after the second book of the New Testament. <laughs> that's what I should have said. Oh, man, where, where are you when I need you when I'm, when I'm telling these great jokes? Uh, okay, so we are live next Friday at 10, 9 Central. Five-time football guys and main event league winner Andrew Geller at, at the Guilds on Twitter is actually going to be joining us. He's our guest next week. Check out that football guys early bird, best ball slims, dynasty orphans, and, of course, uh, the, excuse me, dynasty startups in the main event. Main event early bird going on right now as well. Make sure that you're saving 100 bucks off your first team. And get that free $35 team credit when you hop in those football guys' leagues as well. And remember, as Dave said, you get it three times if you do it. Uh, stay at home. Stay safe. Your this has been another episode now. of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Cause I got all of them strung, Jack My girls are like boomerangs No matter how far I throw them, they come back I'm coming straight out to NYC I'm down with digging in the crates And I'm MVP If rap was the game, I'll be MVP Dave, you know, Tupacker and I often do not agree on player evaluations, but he just said in the chat, Miles Sanders is the sheeple of all sheeple picks right now. The <laughs> sheeple pick of all sheeple picks. You know what? I think I agree with him. Too much chance. I'm going to go a different way. So this is one of the rare occasions where Tupacker and I you um, agree. Yeah, sheeple. we agree. Right. Uh, Watch guy also chiming in. Seven to go on that midnight. Yeah, Keep I cranking them out. Let's do it, people. Let's make it happen. Let's make it a football guys weekend. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>